You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Clint Wright. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday's service now. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. I tell you what. I'll say like Clint, I've been looking forward to this morning for a good while now because this is a homecoming for the rivers. I mean, I will say we had an awesome opportunity to serve the youth here. We had an opportunity to be served. We had an opportunity to disciple, to be disciple. And I will say in the three and a half years that we were here that we grew so close to the Lord and, and our walk with him. And that is a direct reflection of the leadership here. That is a reflection of the friendships made and the life that we got to live with a lot of you in our life groups. So with that, I want to say thank you to you, Bethel Bible Church White House, for what you have sown into the Rivers family. And we absolutely are so happy to see some of the smiling faces that are here. I see some new faces as well, people that do not know me. Uh, but I am excited nonetheless to be here to open up God's word and to share with you what God has laid on my heart and to share with you today. Before we do that, before we open up his word, I just want to start with a hearty, happy new year. Happy New Year. Today is January 1, 2023. Can you believe that 2022 is completely behind us now? I mean, truly, the older I get, the more my kids grow. Time just flies and goes by faster and faster. We have one that is in high school this year, a freshman in high school. It just blows my mind. But I want to encourage you uh, with a little fact about January 1. Did y'all know that January 1, that this day only comes around once a year? <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? I mean... That's going to be one of my many attempts of trying to be funny this morning, okay? So thank you so much for laughing. No, but I did want to point that out, that today is a special day for a lot of people because it's kind of the starting blocks, right? It's a starting point where you say, I'm going to make some change. I'm going to do something different with my life. There's things in 2022 I wish I would have done different. So now, starting today and looking forward, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be healthier, I'm going to be stronger. Uh, I'm going to go close, grow closer to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to go closer to my family. I'm going to do better with my finances. Whatever that goal is for you, we all have them. I have them. I use January 1 for a starting point as well. But I want to encourage you with this. I want you to know that if you woke up with those expectations today, that those same promises were there for you when you woke up yesterday morning. And God's promises of his mercies that are new each and every day is going to be there for you tomorrow when you wake up. And the days after that and the weeks that follow and the months all the way until you march through 2023, a clean slate is there for you in Christ Jesus when you wake up every day because God's mercies are new each and every day. And I also want to encourage you with this, that today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Rejoice. Say that again. Rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad in what? Rejoice and be glad in a risen Savior, a God who would do the unthinkable, that he would send his only son to be born of a virgin Mary, to be wrapped in human flesh, 100% man, yet 100% God, to live a life 
that you and I in our very best of efforts could never live because of our sin, then he would go on to die the death that we deserve because of that sin. But it doesn't end there. Three days later, he would rise into new life, resurrected life, so that for those of us who believe upon the name of the Son of God, we would be saved and we too could rise up into new life, resurrected life in Jesus Christ. And my friends, that is a life where we get to keep in step with the Holy Spirit and we get to trust God all the days of our lives. That is the gospel message. That is good news. And I love to share that any tense, any platform that I have to share the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think it's only appropriate to start it that way. With the gospel fresh on our minds, fresh on our hearts, and on our lips... Always ready and being prepared to lift one another up as brothers and sisters in Christ. And always with it on our lips to share with those who need to hear it. And who needs to hear it? Everyone. Everyone needs to know that God is calling them from a life of darkness into light. Now that is the good news this morning. I, I have a feeling that there's some in here. I have a feeling there are some in here who have already purchased a gym membership. Am I correct? Yeah, we've got a few laughs out there. Well, maybe some of you, this is your first go at a gym membership. Well, I want to tell you, so maybe somewhere on your workout program, you see something that's called leg day. Okay, don't skip that, by the way, because people will point you out. You can tell the ones that don't work out and do leg day, right? Because one day on your workout routine, you're going to find yourself under a squat rack. You're going to get into that squat rack and you're going to go down with your first rep. And then you're going to come up. You're going to say, not too bad. And then by the time you get to rep number 10, you're going to be asking yourself, what in the world have I gotten myself into? This hurts. Right? Three days later, you're going to hurt more. You're going to realize that your legs don't work anymore. That they hurt. You can't hardly get out of bed. Right? That's how it works. That's how it works. But if you stick to it, if you see that, man, if I endure this pain, I'm going to get to where I'm wanting to go. There is a path that you would be on where you're going to have to break this down, these muscles right here, these muscles right here, so that they will grow back stronger and bigger than they were before you started so that is how it is with our physical body. That is how it is in our walk with Jesus Christ. As we are on this journey with Christ, you see, just like the weight room, in our walk with Jesus, we are going to be met with resistance. We are going to be met with pain. We are going to be met with suffering. It is a part of the journey, but it is a journey in suffering with purpose. It is a journey of suffering with with purpose. And I want us to look at suffering defined this morning. You know, a lot of times when we open the Bible and we start talking about suffering, there is this kind of apples and oranges danger. Now, I want to explain that just a little bit. There's this apples and oranges danger because a lot of times when a lot of Christians, they, they start reading about suffering, they automatically assume suffering as suffering for one's beliefs at the hands of those who do not believe. They believe suffering as being persecuted for one's faith. And yes, absolutely, the Bible has a lot to say about that type of suffering. 
But when they, or maybe when you, start talking about suffering, what you've gone through, or maybe even what you're going through right now in your life, right into 2023, maybe you have taken that apples and oranges approach with suffering. But let me tell you, don't conclude this in your life. Don't conclude to say that, I don't know, man, the, the, the suffering that I'm facing doesn't look anything like the suffering of those in the Bible who are being persecuted. Then don't, don't, don't say, you know, I, I don't know. And because of that, I just don't think that the Bible is speaking to what I'm going through. Because you would be depriving yourself of the hope that comes through Jesus Christ in every trial in your life. Not just the persecution for your belief in Jesus Christ. So I want us to look at suffering today. Not exactly a popular topic, right? Especially on January 1. We want to be happy January 1. But I want us to talk about suffering today. And I want us to look and see what James, the half-brother of Jesus, has to say about it. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So what could that mean? Trials of various kinds. I think Paul could help us out with that. If we look to Paul and his sufferings, as he speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28, just follow along on the screen up here, says this, Paul is saying, I have had far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. And a frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst often without food and cold and exposure and apart from other things there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches did you hear that right there Paul is talking about trials of various kinds well sure he talks a lot about persecution of his faith, but he's also talking about labors and lacks. He's talking about accidents and anxiety. And in the next chapter, we know of Paul talking about in chapter 12 about the thorn in his side, that physical condition for which he would have to suffer. So when you think about how you have suffered or how you are suffering Right now, can you in some way relate to what we can go ahead and just call Paul's trials of various kinds? Can you relate? I think you can. I know that I can relate to Paul's trials of various kinds. So our passage today, our focal point, we're going to call this, We Rejoice in Our Sufferings. Already flags are going up. Rejoice 
in our sufferings. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. So if you want to turn there, we're going to actually spend some time on those verses today. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. And I'd love for us to consider what it tells us this morning, what it tells you about your suffering. So Paul writes, starting in verse 3, he says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, right off the bat, something doesn't sound right there. Rejoice? I mean, really, Paul? <laughs> Rejoice in our sufferings? I don't know. Do you, I, I thought we only rejoice like when things are good, right? Sufferings are not good. So suffering is, uh, rejoicing is happy and suffering is hurting. Happy and hurting don't exactly go together in this world. Happy and hurting doesn't go together in my world either. I mean, so it goes together, let's see, probably about like oil and water, Right? Those two don't mix. It goes together about like Willie Nelson and the IRS. Another one of my attempts to be funny this morning. But don't you think? I mean, I feel like, I feel like this is how most people see it, right? So what's wrong with Paul? What is wrong with him right here? Is he a few fries short of a Happy Meal? No. I can assure you that Paul right here, he is in his right mind. And to, be, to be clear, Paul is not teaching that our sufferings is something that is meant to be delightful. Something that is uh, meant to be desired. Because after all, God's plan of redemption culminates in a world without suffering. God is at work right now to eliminate suffering. So why would Paul state right here so boldly that we rejoice in our sufferings. Well, he builds his case on two pillars. And I want us to look at that. These pillars are going to come through these verses 3 through 5. And this first pillar is going to be, is going to be what God will do. And then we're going to look at what God has done. So first, we're going to look at this, what God has done, suffering in light of what God uh, will do. That's what we're going to look at first. And we're going to see this in verses 3 and 4. So if we look back, and if you have your Bible still open to verses 3 and 4, we see that Paul, he is speaking in present tense. It says, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character and character produces hope. So as we talk about what God will do, I pray that Paul's use of the present tense here is not confusing because as he is trying to encourage the followers of Jesus Christ in Rome, he is speaking in present tense with a present day application. So as to say like we rejoice also means we can rejoice or we should rejoice. But why? Why should we rejoice? Because of what God will do. 
Now, I want to see something extremely important here because Paul, is, Paul does not talk about what God uh, might do or uh, what God can do. He just simply asserts knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces uh, character and character produces hope. So he puts it in almost like this formula, right? Almost like this law of suffering or this universal principle for us to understand this. It's kind of like this, guys. If, if every one of us in here were farmers, and we might have some farmers in the room, and I wanted to encourage you by saying this. You know, we can be confident, my friends, in our planting because we know that a seed produces a tree. And a tree produces branches. And branches bring forth fruit. So Paul is, this is what he is wanting to relay to the people. And this is what God is wanting to relay to us. Is to say that if we belong to Jesus Christ by faith, then there is this law of suffering, if you will. There is this process. We're going to call it these three stages along the way. And I want to break down those three stages. So here we are. First stage is suffering produces endurance. So I want us to listen to the reassurance Paul gives in the other letters in regards in regard to this issue of endurance. And I'm looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, and it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He also writes to the Corinthians about the Heavenly Father who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 through 9a. So Paul is saying to the followers of Jesus that no matter what it is you are faced with, no matter what you are suffering with, no matter your trial, it says you can rejoice in the fact that God is going to see you through it. Through the times it may not feel like it. At times, it's going to be so heavy and you're not going to see the other times of the other way through on the other side. But I can certainly guarantee you that you will endure. Because God's word said, this is what he will do. But there's more. I want us to listen again to James. Right there, we're going to go back to this James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 where he says, Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That's the same Greek word as endurance. And let steadfastness or endurance have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So what does it look like for this endurance or steadfastness to have its full effect and we see that when we go back to stage two of our stage, our three-stage process here, this, um, this law of suffering again, if you will. And we go back to Paul here. So second is endurance produces character. Number one, remember, was suffering produces endurance, and now endurance produces character. So as God enables us to endure through the most difficult of times in our life, and and Christians, 
Are you going to have difficult times in life? Are you void of difficult times in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ? Now, the same rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are going to experience the hard times, the difficult times. But the word character here, the word character here in the original Greek language has to do with something that is tested or proven. So we can call it tested character, proven character. Uh, And it's confirmation through testing in our life and through trial of something's true nature and something's true substance. So we are being changed on the inside. God is creating this character in our life through our, our, through our suffering. God is actually changing the actual moral fiber through our suffering. It's a beautiful thing that God would choose us, Right? That God would choose you and I. And he's not choosing us though because we are worthy. But God is choosing us to make us worthy by his grace. By his grace we persevere. By his grace we are proven. But to what end? What is the sculptor's goal? What is God's goal in this? And that's the final stage that I want us to look at this morning. We see it in verse 4. And that is this. The third is character produces hope. Everybody say hope. Where would we, but we, where would we be without hope in our life? The hope of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We would have none. We, our lives would be just living, breathing, eating, and dying one day. But Jesus has given us an eternal hope. In him, God is creating a masterpiece of hope in us through our sufferings. So, hope is what? Well, I want us to look back at verse 2 in Romans chapter 5. It says, Through him, talking about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of of God. Now the glory of God is used in many contexts throughout the Bible. But here it probably means more the fullness of his glory. It means the fullness of his glory, the fullness of his presence and we hope in the reality that we, we his bride, his church will see him and we will be with him and delight in his glory forever and ever and ever. Like we talked about, in a world without suffering, a world without sin, a world without the temptation of sin, the absence of all those things, glorification. It is what we are aiming for while we are walking through this life and God is continually sanctifying us through Jesus Christ. You know, but the world has a different uh, definition of hope. People's use of the word hope is almost kind of like people's use of love. We kind of just throw it out there and we throw it around, right? Because I'm one that I will say, I love my wife dearly. I love my kids dearly. But I also will say, man, I love me some pizza. I love pizza. And so I use hope like that too. I love pizza and I hope it comes out quickly. 
Because I am hungry. I'm smelling it. You know, this time of year, we also, uh, we have a lot of sickness going around. We have some people with the flu and things like that. So we might say, I hope I don't get sick. This one should really hit some of you. Some of us might even say, man, I sure hope the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year. It's our year. Woo, right? No, guys, that's the world's hope. That's wishful thinking. Right? That's wanting some, some good luck. But instead, biblical, biblical hope is not wishing for some good luck. That's not what we're shooting for here. That's not the kind of hope that we live with. It is future-looking faith in what God will do. Future-looking faith in what God will do. And that masterpiece of hope is what God will do, and what God will do is cultivated in us through suffering. So, as we face pain, as we face heartache, as we face family issues, health issues, and the things that go on this, in this world, in our life, God draws our eyes to comfort in Him and our future freedom from such pain and the things that we go through. So as we are confused, as we're frustrated, God, why am I going through this in my life? Why am I estranged from my family? What is going on? God draw, draws our eyes to him and his answers. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. Any of you familiar with A.W. Tozer? I, I love this quote from him. It says, when I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more Christ-like. It resolves a great deal of anxiety. Whew. That hit me hard the first time I ever read that. Man, to know that everything, not some of it, but everything happening to me is to make me look more like my Savior, Jesus to make me more Christ-like, to know that he holds me in his hand, to know that this is all working towards a good end, the good that God has for me. He's working for my good, not my harm. He has plans for my future to give me a hope, a confident hope. I hope that resolves a great deal of anxiety for you as well. So suffering in light of what God will do is why Paul can say three chapters later in a verse that a lot of us are very familiar with in Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for what? For good. For those who were called according to his purpose in the midst of whatever I'm going through. I can know that I will endure. Because God is working for my good. Because I love him. And I am called according to his purpose. Amen. So remember, there's two pillars here that we're looking at. That was... Suffering in light of what God will do. But I also want us to look at what God has done. And this is where Paul builds his case for rejoicing in our suffering. 
right here. And we're going to look at, at verse 5. So again, if you are in Romans chapter 5, let's look at verse 5 right here. And again, character forged from endurance produces hope. Then we also need to see this right here in verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured. Everybody say poured. Past tense. Poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is where Paul reassures us that this biblical hope, that this, this God-given hope is not just the wishful thinking. It is not just the good luck. It is does not Put us to shame. Does not put us to shame. Instead, we, his bride, guess what? We will not be left at the altar. We will not be disappointed. We will not be put to shame. Instead, God, he, he will come one day and, and just shrug his divine shoulders and say, Sorry, I really tried. I really tried, but I just couldn't pull it off. For you, I couldn't pull it off. He's good enough. He's big enough. He is strong enough to keep his promises and every one of them. Amen. Promises like I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Promises like I'll sit closer than a brother and my word will not return void. God's promises are here to stay. So how do we know? How can we be sure? How do we know that we will fully, that he will fully redeem us? How do we know now that he will fully redeem us then? How do we know now that he will fully redeem us then? Because of what God has done. He has, past tense, poured his love in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You know, five of the times this word poured is, is used in the New Testament as a reference to the giving of the Holy Spirit. So here, though, the emphasis is on what the Holy Spirit brings us. And is that strong sense of God's love for us. This is why Paul talks about it again three chapters later in Romans 8. Now I'm going to look at verses 14 through 16 in Romans chapter 8. Excuse me. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8, 14 through 16. Our cry as children of God, Abba. Father is a response, a direct response to a clear sense of the Father's love for you and for me. What God gave us when we first trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior helps us to know, helps us to know that God will one day fully, not partially, but fully redeem us from this world of suffering, fully Redeem us from this world of pain. Fully redeem us from heartache. No more pain. No more suffering. How does that sound? That is a hope worth clinging to. A confident hope. So, wow. <laughs> That's a lot. 
That's a lot, but I, I want to return us to our initial ideas here. And we're getting ready to wrap our time up in God's word and this idea of rejoicing in, in our suffering. And we all suffer in many ways. We've determined that, right? These trials of various kinds, as James expressed, and as we see uh, through Paul, God is calling all of us this morning to rejoice in our sufferings. Not in our pain, but in his purposes. Rejoice in the good ends that he has for us. And so what happens when we rejoice, my friends, in our sufferings? We become undeterred. Undeterred. Listen to this definition really quick of undeterred. Persevering with something despite setbacks. Persevering with something despite setbacks. Remember that apples and oranges things? I said that danger of the apples and oranges that we talked about before. Christians do suffer for their faith. Guys, you're going to suffer for your faith simply because you believe in the Savior. You believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. But it's going to be the trials of various kinds that brings us to a place where we are fulfilling what God has called us to do to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey my commands. And surely I'll be with you until the end of the age. The reason why the trials of various kinds is going to come into play right here is because, listen to this, and this is very important, how you go through your suffering is often a powerful witness to those around us. How you endure is a powerful witness to those around you because those around us are going to see our endurance. They're going to see this God-forged, God-formed character, character, this proven, this tested character. They're going to see you shine with a hope that they don't understand. People who are living in the midst of their suffering and without hope, they will take notice and they will sit up and say, I want what he has. I want what she has. That's why we rejoice in our suffering. So in light of all this this morning, will you pray these two prayers? I want to encourage you to pray these two prayers when you are knee deep in trials of various kinds. First, pray something like this. And I don't know if I gave it to these guys to put up and if I didn't, I'm sorry. But take note of this. First, will you pray, God, help me to rejoice in these sufferings, believing you because you love me and are at work in them to grow me in hope. And second, would you pray this? God, as I rejoice and grow in hope, would you please use my suffering as a light to those who have no hope? And then wonderfully, my friends, <laughs> when God is answering those prayers, we'll find even more reason to rejoice in our worst of times. So, how is any of this possible? Is it through our sheer strength and determination or some uplifting word? No, because those things are fleeting. Those things are, are weak. But instead, these things are only possible because of going back to our main focus passage today. We go up to the very beginning, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, where it says this. Therefore... 
since we have been justified, acquitted, declared innocent by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified through Jesus? How? Well, now we go forward to verses 9 and 10. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Guys, would you bow your heads as I pray this morning? And I just want to say this before I pray. Hope of the glory with him or fear of his just wrath. I'll say that again. Hope of glory with him or fear of his just wrath. Which will it be for you today? The cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes hope possible especially in the very worst of our times. Heavenly. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. If you have questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at Bethelbible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.